0: Welcome back to another episode of Fox and Fallon. We are kicking off episode 27 with a little bit of a victory lap. Myself, Courtney Fallon, Tanya Ray Fox. Tanya, last week we previewed this Patriots and Bills preview of undefeated 3-0 in Buffalo, New York. And take a listen to what we had to say because I think that it was a precursor to what actually happened on Sunday. This is going to be a great defensive battle. I think the Patriots are going to pull this one out. I think Bill um is saving his nickels and dimes and tricks.
1: Okay. I like what you did there. Nickels and Nichols dimes. Nickels and it. dimes.
0: Okay. You like that because yeah. the Patriots are the best in the NFL. Yeah, they're
1: they are. It guys, is a not.
0: no-fly zone, but I just um No, but you I
1: mean, you that's the perfect point, right? Is that this has all the makings of a Super Bowl type game, a Super Bowl 53 type game where if two defenses are playing really, really well, all you need is one or two great plays from the better offense to yep. win the game. And, yeah. and let's that's be honest, be that's, I mean, even, with, even if Julian Edelman doesn't play in this game, they still have the better offense. And even if there are hands in Tom Brady's face all day, which there probably will be at the end of the day, Josh Allen is not the kind of guy that's going to run the two-minute drill at the end of a game. And I think that when you arrive at that fourth quarter, if it's tied, if it's low scoring – that's when you start to see the champions rise. You know, you let the, yeah. the cream rises to the top. Wow, you should
0: be writing for NFL films. That sounds so poetic. <sighs> yeah, so in the end that's exactly how this game ended up playing out. An impressive show of elite defense, Jamie Collins included, added with a game deciding play coming from none other than the perennial pro bowler, future Hall of Famer. His father has a gold jacket already. Jackie Slater played twenty years for the Rams. He's a beast. And his son Matthew did the honors of his first ever special teams touchdown. It was glorious. It was a glorious moment.
1: It was. Team Speechmaker turned Team Hero finally. It's almost like, you know, Courtney, it's almost like we've been covering this team for the majority of our adult lives and we actually know what we're talking about. Wow. I, I truly can't believe it.
0: Pat yourself <laughs> on the back. I'll pat mine. <sighs> Oh my god, it was a it was a special game though. You know, I mean, listen, just going back really quickly to that game. Tom Brady looked worse than he had in a very long time, probably since that Super Bowl. His lowest passer rating since 2006. Under 50% completion percentage. He had seven drives that went three and out.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think it's interesting because people have pointed to that as like, "Oh, is this an issue?" And and every time I remind people that that 2006 season when Tom Brady had that awful game. Yeah. That year, the Patriots went to the AFC Championship game and almost made it to the Super Bowl. And had they made it to the Super Bowl, they would have won it. So, I wouldn't be too worried about a really, really bad Patriots performance on offense. We've seen this before. Uh, If anything, I came out of that game seeing what the defense did, thinking... I just I can't think of a quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes who will be able to handle this defense. So I'm not super worried. You know, it's kind of hard to come out of a defensive performance like that and be scared. It was really impressive that the Bills defense did what they were supposed to do. Good for them.
0: Yeah, and the, one more thing before we move on, it was it was a testament to how good the Bills defense was. Yeah. When Bill Belichick went down, I think they were like within the ten yard line, about to go in for a score, and Belichick kicked a kicked a field goal. Yeah. Decided to take the points instead of you know in any other situation, given the slate of games that they have with everyone basically under 500, Right. Granted, we don't know what's going to happen in a couple weeks, but, I mean, Belichick went to go kick the field goal, and I think that that's, that's testament to what he felt like, you know, the Bills' defense could have made a de- defensive stand at that point, and they could have been without points on that drive. So kudos to the Bills. Hopefully they get Josh Allen back. Unfortunately, with that hit with Jonathan Jones coming in a little low, a lot of controversy on that play. I know that you had a couple of thoughts about that. I do not think that that was an intentional hit.
1: No, and I think for the most part, in the, you know, for once I saw that people were actually giving the Patriots credit on that. There weren't a lot of football people out there who saw the replay of that hit and thought that it was Jonathan Jones' fault. There was a lot of issues with the way Josh Allen was running there that you know put himself in harm's way, and that's not to say he deserved it. It's not to say that I want to see him hurt. Um, But, you know, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, a lot of veteran quarterbacks have come out since then and said, yeah, like, you learned those lessons early on in your career. He learned it. It's awful. We will be delighted when he comes back healthy. That's all we want to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then the other side of the spectrum, we have Vontaze verfect going down for a hit that, you know, kicked him out of the league for the rest of the year. We'll talk about that on the podcast later on in our segments, but let's get to the majority of the slate of the show. We have a fresh slate of NFL topics today as we prepare for Week 5. First, the Patriots have placed their starting kicker, Steven Guskowski, on injured reserve. We will get into that injury bug that has plagued New England and rather smacked them in the face a few times in 2019, that is our first topic. That's right, Court. And then after that one, we're going to be diving into the
1: surprisingly large pool of winless teams who could look to tank the rest of the season and give the Dolphins a reason to sweat.
0: There's a lot of them in the running There's more right than
1: now. there should be. And I... the Dolphins
0: thought they had this locked down, and they most certainly do not. <laughs> I know, but didn't they do something with the draft this year that doesn't allow you to tank? Or that was basketball? No, yeah. Yeah, That was basketball. They let you
1: tank in the NFL. Because people
0: don't normally want to. I know. Here we are. You know, here we are. So now the Dolphins have some competition since, you know, they've only led time of possession like five (laughs) minutes this year, which is (laughs) longer than I would expect. Just awful. And yes, MLB postseason has just begun, but the non-postseason hot stove talk is in full swing and listen, our beloved Red Sox are considering trading one of the best players in baseball to stay under the luxury tax level. We have thoughts. I have plenty of thoughts. We we have a lot of thoughts. I have I have I have like a whole chest full of thoughts <laughs> that I'm going to unload. There's going to be cobwebs and there's going to be yelling and there's going to be tears. I I just I have a lot of thoughts. I'm yeah, possibly trading Mookie Betts. It's going to be bad.
1: We also, you know, we're going to be closing out this show with some gimmicks and rants, as per usual. A, a little special edition, a spooky October edition of Delete Your Account, featuring America's <laughs> least favorite unconvicted murderer, O.J. Simpson, uh, among some other, you know, hot topics. Everything going around on on the, uh, not even just NFL. We, we've got a little NHL in there. We got we got some stuff in the mix to update you guys on. at a the Little end of Gardner this Minshew
0: talk. Absolutely. Listen, why not? Where's our fake mustache? I need I need to I need to go ask my my dad for his for his mustache. The tomorrow. mustache.
1: And the cutoff jeans, bust them out. Oh, there's going to be so many Gardner Minshew cosplays for the Halloween season. I'm excited
0: about it. Um, I speaking of Halloween, maybe maybe we should start thinking about what we want to be for Halloween, like Sports Edition. Oh yeah, maybe we'll save that for another episode since this literally we just turned the page on October. Yeah,
1: we gotta. I mean, uh, the excitement about the pumpkin spice latte just got legit. So we have we should wait a couple more seasons, couple more weeks.
0: I don't do pumpkin spice. Yeah, I think I discussed that on
1: the podcast. Yeah, you're not a pumpkin spice. I'm not a
0: pumpkin spice spice girl. girl. Um, too sweet. Anyways, let's stick to the topics. Let's stick to football. Oh, by the way, we also have a little um we have a little hot tub talk.
1: Hot tub talk. Hot tub talk. Okay. Julian yeah.
0: Edelman. Bill I know, Belichick. I do not like this. Bill Belichick, Julian Edelman, hot tub talk. Oh, boy. All right.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to talk about hairy. it. could get hairy. I know we have to talk about it. <laughs> it could, we'll, get it could get hairy. It could get
0: hairy, Okay, topic number one. Steven Guskowski is on injured reserve. Say it ain't so. The Patriots will play their first kicker not named Vinatieri or Guskowski in over 23 years. The news broke earlier on Wednesday. Jim McBride of the Boston Globe reporting that Guskowski is going on IR Schefter confirmed he has a left hip injury that requires season-ending surgery. We kind of got a hunch of this in the last couple of weeks, him missing extra points, him missing this. You heard the groans from the Twitter crowd and the peanut gallery. You knew something was up, and now it is confirmed. He is out for the season.
1: And so, if we're keeping count there, Court, he is the fifth starter for the Patriots that they've lost to injury for the time being. Yep. Prior to the season, they lost David Andrews for, for the year. Yeah. The wonderful center, the star of the Patriots L- parade last Blood year. Blood
0: clots in his lungs. Yes. Scary,
1: scary stuff. Yeah, so they're yep. missing him. Uh, James Devlin's out. He's on IR, Nikhil Harry, of course, and Isaiah Wynn, all currently on IR. Only two of the three of them can come back this season, so we'll see what happens. Yep. And they're now working out some uh, former unknown college kickers, as well as... The great and powerful Mike Nugent. Yes. Okay. <laughs> 37 years old trying yes. to come back. Okay. And uh,
0: Kai Forbath is who's apparently still around. When I think about Kai Forbath, I think he kicked for the he kicked for the Vikings. He yes, was with the right. Vikings a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. He was picked up by the Rams, I believe it was a couple years. No. Right? They have Greg the Leg. Oh, no, no, no. no. But they but, but they I think the before they know the they before they signed Greg the Leg, I think they worked him out. Okay. Um, so I think he's been hanging around Los Angeles. I know. I'm, I'm just gonna say.
1: But- <laughs> I mean, realistically, Courtney, you know, when we look at all of this with who they're working out, guys who don't have a job in the league for a reason. Realistically, how do we think this is gonna affect the Patriots going forward?
0: I don't think it's gonna affect the Patriots. At all, I mean, I think that they have always continued to have. Whether I know, I I cannot, I cannot name the guy who is their punter right now. But Ryan Jake Allen, Jake Bailey, Jake Bailey. Okay, well, Ryan Allen. Oh, yeah, actually, he won um special teams player of the week. A couple yeah, weeks he, ago. Well, he,
1: he's been really good so he's far. He's been yeah. very good. You yeah. know,
0: so I, I, in Belichick, we trust in always all the situations. I mean, I remember when they let go of Zoltan Masco. It was like, oh, my God, he right. was the team captain. He speaks 10 languages. How could they do that? Well, he really wanted Ryan Allen. Ryan Allen, left-footed punter. He was incredible for a couple of years. Patriots always do very well with field position. Yep. Their field position battle, they're always very strategic in Everything to do with the kicking game. I don't think that this is going to be any different. Are we going to see the Patriots going for two a lot more? Probably not. When they when they figure out their whole kicking situation, when they have someone that they trust and they know that they're going to rely on to kick an extra point and to make it, I don't think that it's going to change the game plan of anyone. I think everyone else around the league, I think, is going to have an issue with the, oh, you know, if he misses a couple, is this getting in the head of Bill Belichick? I think we all know uh, that nothing gets in the head of Bill Belichick. He's like fucking Chuck Norris. You know what I mean? Like everyone thinks that it's going to mind fuck the Patriots, but it's never going to mind fuck the Patriots. So I think that they're going to do their due diligence, find a good kicker and we're just not going to hear about this ever again. Kind of like, you know, when we're going to be in week 17 of the NFL season, and be like, oh, hey, remember when Antonio Brown was on the Patriots? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, end of story.
1: I think, and I mean, you make a good point about field position. I, I honestly envision that whoever they get, they know they're not going to get the field goal kicker that they have. I mean, Gostowski from distance and his consistency, you know, 30, 40, 50 plus yards, like that's something you don't get unless you have an elite kicker. So yeah. they're going to be going for somebody who can make those extra points And who can put them in good field position and then you know as long as you can kick a good solid 35 yarder there are going to be times where they're just simply not going to get the three points that they would have had if gostowski was on the field we know that the big deal is making sure that that field position game stays strong because they have one of the best defenses in the league and that's an opportunity to get people really deep and put the patriots offense in a good spot so that's a big deal Jake Bailey, coming into this season, the talk about him was that he wanted to be a place kicker. I don't know how far that's progressed, but at least we know that he has the ability to sort of come in there and do that worst-case scenario. I just don't envision Belichick coming bringing a guy in, like, you're not going to get a guy who can kick a perfect 50-yard field goal that's just sitting around. We know that. This is what what happens when you need a backup kicker. They're going to prioritize the extra points, the easy points, and the field position. You are exactly right on that. You know, I do have a problem with Patriots fans who think that this is some sort of, like, bailout that we needed to get rid of Gostowski, and now they're going to have a chance to start fresh. There aren't better kickers than Gostowski sitting on their couch. If there were, they'd have... Jobs. There are starting kickers right now in the league that shouldn't have jobs at all. I mean, there's probably 10 good kickers, and Gostowski was one of them. This is a loss, but as we've seen in the past, there's almost never a loss that's too big for the Patriots to overcome. Um, we'll we'll see how it plays out. If you start seeing those wonky kick, kickoffs, that will make me more nervous than a guy not being able to hit, hit a 48-yard field goal.
0: I also think that there's going to be a lot of experimentation with Tom Brady making some trick plays on fourth down. Sure. I, I've, I have a feeling kind of like the let's not throw the ball to Tom Brady anymore because this is like <laughs> killing me. You know, when it's, no more Philly specials, can, can we? Yeah, no more Philly specials. And Brady, you were not a receiver, but um, I also think I, me thinks that there's going to be a couple of trick plays and and whatnot that's going to get Tom throwing the ball on fourth down. And I think that there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a threshold of times where they're going to be throwing the ball down the field to whether they convert on fourth down and then a couple times when they don't and they lose bad field position and they turn the ball over and it hits them then they're going to start rearranging their game plans. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, there, there's going to be a little bit of everything. Yeah, I there's think, th- this, this is not going to
1: be smooth sailing, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a kick in the teeth to fans who've watched Adam Vinatieri and Steven Gostowski be quite solid for the last two-plus decades. I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. But again, we've seen this a thousand times. We've seen offensive line, you know, we're dealing with that right now, the Patriots are. They always manage to figure it out they have smart, very smart coaching, and that's yep. what you need when special teams starts to go sideways.
0: Yeah, I, I also think on the offensive line. I think their offensive line got their asses kicked in that game against Buffalo. Yeah, and you they, know they, what? They we, got, but I mean, we talked sho- about that. They got, it got was, shuffled around. They,
1: they, yeah, and you, and that's what happens when you have uh, you you you've got substitute guys playing who are still figuring out their role on the offensive line against a really really good pass rush. I, it it is what it is. It's hard for me to get super worked up about it. We will see how it pans out. All right, moving on. For a hot minute, Courtney, it seemed the Dolphins had the number one pick in 2020 locked up. But, you know, it wouldn't be the NFL if they didn't have a little competition. Always some parity in the NFL. And there are four, 0-4 teams in the league right now. That could
0: be historically bad by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, 0-6. All of these teams look like they could go 0-16 if they tried, which is what we're going to talk about. A good strategic tanking can sometimes be the best thing. Washington head coach Jay Gruden admitted on Wednesday this that he so doesn't pathetic. that he doesn't know which of the, his three quarterbacks he's going to start against the best defense in the NFL this weekend in the Patriots. The Dolphins have been in full tank mode since June and seem to be on a mission to make Josh Rosen quit midseason and move to Ibiza. To go you know just kind of start Wait, drinking just, cocktails. Just, it's, it's, he just needs to go be with his people <laughs> why did you just throw out a biza oh that's where the part that's where the party is the party is, yeah, is that's where you forget your trouble.
0: trouble he's a party animal oh yeah, so he's going to be in trouble he's going to be hitting up uh Leo and DC10 like, Absolutely. In the, in the middle of the season yes exactly i don't even think any of the hot dj's will be playing there in the in but he like won't November. care it'll be better than whatever the hell's happening in miami uh
1: the broncos are unintentionally tanking to the point that people are actually wondering out loud uh, on the internet, uh, whether or not the Broncos should start listening to offers for Von Miller, the future Hall of Famer, they're wondering if it's time to fully reboot. And that's all. Not to mention the
0: fact that the Bengals are apparently is still NFL the Bengals, and they the, just and, and they just lost John Ross. So yeah. Apparently, he was going to be out for a month, and now they're just fully placing him on injured reserve with a shoulder injury.
1: It's a hot mess over there in Cincinnati. I actually forgot; I had to look up what the other zero four team was because I, the I forget Cardinals. they exist.
0: No, I mean well, the zero the Cardinals, the zero no, zero. They don't count.
1: They got that half a win. I mean, but like the the, <laughs> Cardinals, a, the Cardinals need to be in this situation. No, but the Cardinals are not tanking. That's I mean, they just they have a number know, one pick, they're not tanking. Just, so so this is that we're really keeping only the teams in the mix that we could see really starting to embrace their suck and maybe try to play that forward into the twenty twenty draft. Courtney. Yes. Of these four, own four teams. Which do you think is the most upsetting to watch right now? Which one is causing you sort of like damn this is kind of, as an NFL fan this is bumming me out.
0: I mean, I just don't give a shit about the Dolphins anymore. I really right. they're they at this point. They're just so embarrassing and it's like it's personally tanking. It's like any any time they get a first down it's like a morale win for right. them, you right? You know, so they're not really catching my attention. I just feel really bad for the Washington Redskins. Uh, Granted, because there is so much pride within that division with the NFC East. Every game that they play, Redskins-Eagles, Redskins-Giants, Redskins-Cowboys. I mean, uh, you just get hit with a Mack truck every time you play in that division, and it's eight games out of your 16-game slate. Uh, The fact that Jay Gruden came out and said today he, honest to God, does not know who is going to be his quarterback until 1 o'clock on Sunday. And a a lot of the insiders are saying, yeah, I mean, that's not really out of the realm of possibility. They are just a hot fucking mess. And the way that Dan Snyder is running that team, he's got a lot of good pieces in there. I mean, Josh Norman is an excellent quarterback. I mean, they have good competitive players. And it's just... Super sad to see. And they are beleaguering the point by trying to win every Sunday. We all know that Dwayne Haskins is not ready for NFL play. It was so embarrassing to watch that last Sunday. It was upsetting. Colt McCoy is eventually going to be the starter that's kind of the word on the street he's you know was injured he started to practice this week most likely he will be the starter on sunday bill belichick in all of his chuckling is sitting there we're going to prepare for all three of the quarterbacks it's like fucking cake it's like cake here for the patriots it's an easy win but i just it's just sad because of how bad their general manager is and i cannot say it enough sell that goddamn team And if there's anyone that tanks and gets the number one pick first, it should not be the Washington Redskins, regardless if they have the worst record in the league. You know, and on the flip side, um,
1: the Denver Broncos, they are a team to sort of watch in terms of, like, if they are willing to tank and rebuild, if they are actually willing to do that, they're the only one of these four teams that has a winning pedigree in the last 20 years. They are a notoriously, you know, respected franchise I don't know that John Elway is the guy to do it. They might have to make some hard decisions there. But if they are willing to start to get draft picks, sell guys like Von Miller and some of their some of their. I mean, they have Bradley Chubb who's going to be working his way back in, and they can have him to sort of come Didn't in. He just
0: go out with him yeah, yeah. The, yeah. He,
1: so I, Bradley's on IR, but he is going to obviously work, he'll be fine. The ACL injuries yeah, early course, enough in the course. season, okay. he'll be back next okay. year. You bring him in if if you're able to flip Von Miller for picks. And start to really consider a full entire rebuild because you know Joe Flacco is not the future. You don't have anyone behind him. Drew Locke is not gonna be the future. You start looking at the fact that, like, this is a team that has almost all of the pieces in place to actually turn a tank season into something really special, similar to what we saw in 2012 or 2011 season into the 2012 draft with the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. That was a team you knew was going to know what they – they you knew they would do the right thing with that tank. Yep. You knew that they were going to turn it into something special with Andrew Luck sitting there. Now, there are some quarterbacks coming out this year that could be game changers for an for a franchise, and you think to yourself – are the Dolphins or Washington or Cincinnati the team that's going to take one of these really special players and make them great? No, but Denver could. So I find Denver to be really fascinating because if they can go full Colts, and you know they're they are horses, horse teams tank well.
0: Right, well, listen, apparently. I don't, I just don't think I the fact that John Elway was was talking about Joe picking up Joe Flacco like he was like the second coming of Steve Young. Yeah. I, I don't I think opposite of what you think because I don't think that he he knows football. I don't I don't think that he is an ample general manager in terms of personnel moves. Why well, did don't I think, not
1: just say at the beginning of this, they might have to make a hard decision. I, I Well I no, they're gonna I have mean, to make a
0: hard decision, but I wouldn't GM, trust I wouldn't trust to put him yeah. I wouldn't trust to put him at the forefront of a rebuilding franchise because I just don't I don't think that he I don't think he has his nose to the league or knows what he's doing, and I I think that if they were to in fact start taking trade offers for Von Miller, I think that's just gonna start hurting my soul. I mean, this is a team that won the Super Bowl what four years ago, five years ago.
1: Yeah, but 51? wouldn't it be. I mean, I would, just, it just it kind hurts. Of crazy? Wouldn't it be kind of cool to see Von Miller?
0: In I mean, a, don't, don't not to mention like, Chris Harris is an All Pro cornerback. Well, I mean, he'd go too. They, I he's mean, gone. no, no, he wanted to go in the offseason. Yeah, they, he, he's gone after. He this basically season anyway. was about. That's he why was, they should flip him for pick. He was halfway out the door, yeah. and the I he wrote some post that it was like it was like thank you Denver, and I was like, oh my god, where is he going? Yeah. I just um, that one is like I agree with you, but I that one no, you're right about Elway. It hurts my
1: and so you're right hurts. They, the the Elway thing it it starts to prevent. They are going to have to make a hard decision there if they want to do a full rebuild and start fresh, and they can't, you know, he's so ingrained in that franchise, it's going to be difficult to sort of just kick him out the door. You have to almost give him one of those meaningless promotions where he's, like, no longer in charge of personnel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: But you're right. I mean, Chris Harris has got to go. You flip him for picks before he can leave, just send him somewhere. Yeah. Send Von Miller somewhere and just call it a day. I don't know where, I don't. I haven't paid attention to who has cap space or, or has the trade pieces or whatever, but to see him somewhere, like Green Bay or you know i i know philadelphia just doesn't have the money just please don't send him
0: to the seahawks don't make them stronger yeah i don't even
1: i don't think I don't they even need, need him. him i don't no. e- they they've been doing pretty well so yeah i mean it it it's pretty crazy to think that after all of this yes. the dolphins could go into next season without the number 1 pick i'm i i can't remember a time i cared about who was tanking but one of these teams is going to have to decide in week 5 whether or not it's even worth trying to win and i i don't know any for any of them it is
0: topic number 3 tanya the Red Sox, our beloved Red Sox, might consider trading their absolute best player. And I'm going to say his name the way that David Ortiz says it. Please do. Mookie Bet. Mookie Bet. He's like, you know, young guys, He you like like Mookie Bet. <laughs> I love it. Young guys like Mookie Bet. I mean, this is, Mookie Betts was like the last year of David Ortiz's playing career. He was under David's wing. Perennial MVP contender every single year. But the Red Sox, I mean, they they had a shit year. I think we can all agree with that. They had to fire their general manager, Dave Dombrowski, in the middle of the season. The way that they handled everything down to the wire of the trading clause. I mean, they have so much talent. enough I mean, they have the money to do it, but they deciding this year, according to the owner, John Henry, that they want to keep themselves under the luxury tax level this year. So with Dave Dombrowski gone, As we mentioned, the Red Sox are really watching from their couches. They're watching the Yankees win, possibly. I I mean, I really think this is the year that the Dodgers are going to win.
1: Oh my god. I mean, they have to do it at some point. They have to do
0: it at some point. It was like third time's a charm. Unless they want to be like Buffalo Bills in the 90s. It's starting to feel that way. And I mean,
1: Courtney, I think part of what's going on here is they keep telling us that For whatever reason they have to choose between paying Mookie Betts and paying JD Martinez. But like obviously that doesn't I don't understand and I I don't understand it either. I posed this question on Twitter because I thought maybe, you know, I'm a little out of the loop. I've been in the NFL scene, so like let me ask people to know what's going on. I don't understand why it would come down to that. First of all, I don't understand why they're being so gun shy with their salary, the luxury tax they can afford. This is a team that's always had one of the biggest payrolls in baseball. But, like, let's set that aside. Let's say they do have to actually choose between paying Mookie Betts before he hits free agency after the end of next season and paying J.D. Martinez. That seems to me like a no-brainer. Now, I understand Mookie Betts is poised to make the biggest contract in the offseason, bigger than potentially Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. But, again, he's a better player than both of those guys. We talked about this a little earlier on. This guy is at twenty just about to turn twenty-seven years old, is sixteenth in active war, wins above replacement in the league. Yeah. At just twenty-seven. That is an incredible, incredible player they have. The he same is,
0: amount, the same amount as Buster Posey, who's also right. who's thirty two.
1: Who's thirty-two years old. And and Buster I mean, Posey also one of the greatest catchers to play in the league in the last twenty years. Yep. I mean, this guy's value to a team is so high. He is a beloved member of a World Series team. They won a World Series last year. It was less than a year ago. This is a team that has so many great young players, and you're going to take out... I mean, you have to remember, Andrew Benintendi, Rafael Devers, Michael Chavis. Xander Bogarts. These guys are going to look... JBJ. These guys are going to look at how the Red Sox are handling Mookie Betts and think to themselves... Who is going to be, who's the next guy they're going to undervalue? Because if they don't, if they're not going to pay Mookie Betts, who are they going to pay? I, th- You know, so you start thinking, like, where is the identity of this team? Who are you building this team around? I, 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 don't, him, I, I don't I can't, I is. can't
0: answer that because I don't really know. I mean, like, I just, I mean, they're building it around young guys. But, I mean, this is, the uh, here's the thing. I just, I feel like the last of the greats from 2003, 2004. I know they didn't win in 2003, but I mean, Dustin Pedroia is going to have to retire this offseason. I think that if they're really taking a careful look of what they want to do in the salary cap, they're going to have to be very selective. So basically, J.D. Martinez can opt out of his five-year $110 million contract with the Red Sox. He can also choose... To opt out of that contract and re-sign a new deal with the red sox that is of a lesser value if they do want to keep him now that's obviously up to jd martinez in his camp but like why do you need this guy on the team when you have literally one of the best players in major league baseball like at your helm and you know that it's going to be like another babe ruth yankee situation if you let him go now they want to obviously get value for this kid mookie betts if they wind up trading him away. But what is it? If I pull up these articles, that they're saying that they're basically considering every AL East or every AL contender. Hell no. That's not the Yankees. Unbelievable. What the hell are you doing? Are you are you like? Am I drunk? Like and there I don't, is no
1: There is am nobody I reading this right. Like I don't understand. What just, are you talking about? The value's not there, and it's it especially isn't. frustrating when you think about how crazy, much money yeah. they've spent paying some of these pitchers. I think Chris Sale is going to have a bounce back season. He's a, he's a really, really good pitcher, and I know he has it in him. But they've paid Chris Sale. They've paid David Price. It's like, you guys, I understand that that was like, that part of the reason that you invest in a team at this point is through starting pitching. But when you look at how they won the World Series last year, it wasn't because of David Price or Chris Sale. And a lot of it was incredible defensive play. They had one of the best outfields in baseball, and... We have a right fielder who can play center field when JBG, JBJ is not there. Yep. Oh, by the way, JBJ also one of the best center fielders that the that the Red Sox have ever had. Yep. So, I just I start to wonder what it is exactly that they're looking for if they're not willing if you get an, a generational talent like Betts and you don't want to pay him. Sometimes you have too much homegrown talent. But sometimes when you're the Red Sox you're in a better position than all hundred oh, percent maybe, maybe seven team in Major League Baseball couldn't even come close to affording what the Red Sox can afford in payroll. This is a league with no salary cap. Spend your money. I know.
0: I don't It's never get it's it. never stopped them in the past. No. Now, Betts is arbitration eligible for the last time this winter, and he avoided arbitration last year, signing a one-year, twenty million dollars contract. Which, by the way, there's a reason that my nephew is a big baseball player. My brother's yeah, you smart. know, yeah. smart for sure. K- keeping him in the Cape k- playing playing baseball in Cape Cod because, like, I don't know if my nephew has the if my nephew has the smarts to uh, to make it to the leagues. But it's the Kyler Murray backup plan. He's going to hit free agency regardless in 2020. So, I mean here's here's my thought on how this is all going to go down. I think that they're going to have so much hubbub in Boston because this is basically, if the Patriots are just cruising through the football season, they're going to be, everyone's just going to be talking about this nonstop. And it's going to get, it's going to seep into the walls of Fenway Park and get into the ears of the front office and John Henry and everyone in the decision makers in that front office. They're going to resign him to some sort of a small term deal, but Listen, they better, I think the earnest is on them to not only keep Mookie Betts, but to get this ship right, because if they're not doing well, if they're tanking in the stands, if they're tanking in the standings in June and July, he's gone, before the trade deadline, so it's their loss either way. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know what else to say. I think we're case and close on this. Absolutely. Keep Mookie Betts. Keep Mookie Betts, please. Keep Mookie Betts. You keep Mookie Betts. That's you know like everyone. Oh, by the way, I just I can't I can't wait for David Ortiz. I know we have said it before a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but the fact that David Ortiz is back on social media and healthy and posting and back in his floral, uh, you know, Miami, flagrantly ridiculous shirts um, and posting things like you know him on the, the the set of Major League Baseball on Fox and saying you know, uh oh, duh, Yankees lose. Nothing mm. makes me happier in my life. I would give a kidney to the man if he asked me to.
1: Courtney, unfortunately, (laughs) I have to transition back into somebody who is
0: also on social media. Oh, my God. I sent far less. Is I sent this. uh, By the way, anyone who's listening to this podcast and not following the Fox and Fallon um, account, you must. Because I want to start reposting some of these memes that come across our our page. It's just like literally OJ Simpson. I sent this tweet to Tanya today. And I just, you, the reaction that you got was just like, no, he didn't. And I said, you know what? You're just like, I I can't believe that. And I said, we're going to do a new segment today. It's going to be called Delete Your Account. OJ Simpson, delete your account. Enough is enough. I know in the past. When he's had these videos and he's calling out, like, Antonio Brown, I can hear his PR people, his media people behind the scenes, like, OJ, they're getting a lot of reaction. Keep posting videos. So he keeps doing this. But, like, when he, what he said today, I, is he making fun of
1: himself? I Did he do honestly, it on purpose? At first, when you sent it to me, Courtney, I was like, oh, Courtney fell for one of those parody accounts. No. I, because I was, was not like, oh, this, isn't, this can't be true. So... Let me just let... I'm going to... This is a trigger warning for people. He tweeted this... Exa- I'm just going to read it as he tweeted oh, it. Jesus Christ. Killed it on the golf course today. <gasps> New Nike glove worked.
0: It, no, wow. <laughs> I just like... my drop. I Wow.
1: He included murder and a glove in the same tweet. And uh, my jaw is on the ground. There is not a single chance... OJ is many, 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 many things. Many, many awful things. But stupid is not one of them, Courtney. And him tweeting about a single glove might be the most horrifying thing I've read on the internet. It's egregious. It's 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 beyond egregious. It's it's spooky. This is an October spooky tweet. And we are so close to Brentwood right now.
0: I am upset. (laughs) I am... I am freaked out. Like yeah. this man is pathological. Oh, that's where that's where they lived. They lived in Brentwood. Yeah. Dude. Oh, that's I. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, Not fun. Me, far. Being, me we, being a nice L.A. We resident. We could bird burn our way down there if we had. To. Um, I actually have birded. <laughs> I know. I burned it from LA. I burned it went from Brentwood to West Hollywood. It was probably one of the scariest things. A truly, truly, Probably chilling, scarier than that tweet riding on uh, Santa Monica. No, Bowl I, I don't think anything. I I mean, I was, it
1: sent a, it made me get the goosebumps on my arm. I was yeah. like, this man is a horrifying maniac.
0: Um, Yeah. Uh, OJ Simpson, you must delete your account. (laughs) Please delete Um, your account. Juju Smith Schuster, please do not delete your Twitter account. Never delete anything you've ever done. Okay, so there is a, there is a, we're just gonna do a little quick hits of like what's going on in the NFL today or in the league. Sports. sports Yeah, sports. Um, Juju Smith Schuster, video of him mic'd up from the Steelers game on Monday night. And he's like, hey, man, hey, celebrate. He's like, hey, what you doing after the game, man? What you doing after the game? He asked like five of his teammates. Like, yeah, man, what are you doing? What are you up to after game? What are you this? up to the, after the game? He's like, I'm going to play Fortnite. He just wants to ask his teammates if they want to play video games with him. Is there anyone more adorable you than this kid? You guys have to see this I video. I can't. I just. There's nothing that warms my heart more. And oh, we're listen. Gonna, we
1: are, we are going to repost this on Fox and Fallon, by the way, so you guys can see it. Because. It is the most. Once you're, ch- as soon as you get oh. over the chills you had from O.J. Simpson, you will have your heart warmed back up by Juju Smith, asking his teammates what they're doing after the game. Like he's like the cute guy at work on a Friday. He being, clearly trying doesn't to get a drink because
0: he's not twenty-one. Yeah, so he just like. <sighs>
1: And he's like not hanging out with girls. He's not. He just wants to see if anybody wants to come into his house and play Fortnite. And I swear to God, I've never loved a Steeler player in more in my life. It is
0: truly alarming how oh, much I love this man. Oh, he's just adorable. Um, Vonda's perfect. I don't even think he's on social media. But here's here's what really kind of freaks me out. Um, so I covered a game with Vonta's perfect once. Um, it was a Thursday night game, I believe, and I interviewed him in the locker room. And when I tell you. One of the few, like, very strange sociopath situations that I've ever yeah. occurred in my in my career was me interviewing him and asking him questions. And I mean, this guy is is like Anthony Hopkins. Like, <laughs> I he is like I, he has the calmest, most endearing demeanor in the locker room when you ask him questions. Right, he's kind. He's like. I mean, it is so mind blowing to right. me, um, and, and it really kind of—it like, it, literally October feels—really yeah. freaked me out. Yeah, because I—I'm like asking him. I said, "Don't you like?" I remember asking. He's like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, you know, he was just—he was sweet. Him getting kicked out of the league—I really don't think that he's ever going to play ever again. I, I know that he flew back from the Raiders are in London right now. I know he flew back for his appeal, and Derek Carr came out on national television or he came out you know on the, the media, podium yeah. and he said listen i'm very upset about Vontis perfect he is an excellent he's a stand-up teammate and he just like l- with the serial killer look on his face was saying like it really hurts our team it's it's crucial that he comes back and blah 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 i don't understand it's like are we all under some some spooky spell you know yeah. confusing ourselves of this killer that literally is a Fucking headhunter on the football fields because I enough like enough is enough enough is enough like he has done more things to injure and to really ruin lives in in, in the health of players. I don't understand why you can
1: watch that hit on Jack Doyle and not have and not see a guy. Who is I don't out, know who can defend him at this point. And people time. are, you know, and obviously there's always somebody to defend somebody, but, but it's, it's, I watch I've watched stop. that hit over and over again, especially after seeing the replay of the Patriots hit on Josh Allen and seeing how it looked so different from different angles. And so I, I did the same thing with the Burfitt hit, and it the fact of the matter is, he was going in to hurt him. He wasn't trying to force a no. fumble. He wasn't going for the ball. And more and probably more chilling and spooky than that was the way he came off the field. He took his helmet off. And was smiling and laughing and like you know uh, taunting the crowd and you know as he was getting ejected he was like walking off with this really creepy he was like skipping off the field it was like uh, you know and so it's like yeah all right so they they suspended him for the year based on prior. Uh, you know prior suspensions he's had the repeat offender thing that they do. I do think that based on everything I've read from insiders that know the rules even better than I do, it sounds like the suspension will probably get reduced. I would guess that he would get anywhere between eight and ten games yeah. based on the fact that he's already had a five-game suspension before. It has to be more than that. But I I am starting to wonder what it takes in this league for you to say. Enough is enough. Like you said before, like how many times are we going to see this guy headhunt out there before we start to worry that he's, you know, he's gonna genuinely par- he's going paraly- to paralyze.
0: He's going to paralyze. I can't. God, s- god forbid. I'm god forbid. I I'm mean, so oh over my it. God. I I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, the former players coming out and saying they're just like it's. Oh my god! It's yeah. just, it's it's chilling. Um, the last chilling thing that we will talk about. <laughs> oh god. Julian Edelman so spooky uh so spooky tells a story on his deleted scene deleted scenes no but anyway, so they they, they're there's this is in the process of them boosting their youtube following his youtube page following he has a deleted scene from the the julian edelman 100 documentary uh where he talks about his first interactions with bill belichick inside the the building said he said very few words to him (laughs) um but the first couple of years He was really into staying late he was in the cold tub he's working out and he sees bill on the on the treadmill it was like clockwork orange watching you know with (laughs) i mean the the scene the picture that we've seen a hundred times of bill walking on the treadmill watching film You know, and reviewing tape. Um, So Julian's like, all right, I'm going to sneak out. I'm going to go in the hot tub. And then Bill was in the hot tub. And he sees Julian. And it's just with the smug look on his face, he just, he stands up. He sees that, you know, his player wants to come in. And he stands up. Julian believed that there was supposed to be, you know, a a shorts in the hot tub rule, And Bill stood up and he was Franks and Beans. It was just
1: Frank oh and Beans like, hanging out. I I told you, Courtney. Like, to I, I have to tell I the listeners started, that I genuinely oh I got God, to the I point said, where Julian. I get, said, uh, hold on, hold on. I, I got to the point where Julian starts to explain that Bill had stood up <laughs> with, and there was no shorts, and I had to turn the video off because I suffer from such secondhand embarrassment. I was <laughs> losing my mind. Like I was flush, and all I could think was like, this has to be one of the most. Horrifying situations, especially if you're like Julian Edelman was already trying to, he explains he was trying to avoid this interaction to begin with. And I mean, listen. I'm sure Bill's got it going on under there. I don't doubt that he's kept but everything I, whoa, 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 in Whoa, whoa, good whoa, whoa, shape. whoa, 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 whoa! Like
0: Jesus Christ, that's not—that's not, that's not <laughs> no. what I wanted to discuss on this podcast. That's not. Uh, I do just, not endorse that. I statement. want it on the record that I, I don't, don't want to f- talk about a 67-year-old man. He, hey, I think he was like and 63 his when this happened. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, this is going off the rails. Can we reel this back in? For I a will second? never
1: apologize for just giving someone <laughs> okay, credit that okay, they look okay, okay, okay. You know, they present well. <laughs> <It's on your laughs> No, what is happening right now?
0: The moral of the story is that more deleted scenes from Julian Edelman. Because this was just one of the fun. What did he say when he walked out of the facility?
1: I don't know because I. He said, "Oh, watch. oh, oh!"
0: This is what he said. So after all of that, Julian said he's never been more mortified in his entire life that he just saw his his coach's dick and balls <laughs> in a hot tub. He literally sees him as he's walking out of the facility, and Bill just the first words that he tells tells him, he goes, "Huh." Beats being a plumber, right? And then he walks out, and Julian said that his head just exploded. Like, his mind was just like, wow. Like, Beats being a plumber, right? Wow. I think that might be, like, my go-to saying. People in New England are probably printing shirts for the Bills tailgates. 100%. I, I don't even know. I, I haven't tuned into like, anything that's gone on, really, in social media and in, in New England and whether this is taken off. But I'm sure that there is four hours of discussions on the Felger and Mads show on 98.5 The Sports Hub back in Boston right now uh, about this story because it was one of the best stories that oh, I've yeah. ever Oh, yeah. Toucher seen. and Rich
1: are going to have a whole, like... You know they're going to have a, a song about it in the morning. Dude, like Rich I isn't going to sleep tonight; he's producing some sort of gem. I might, I might
0: just tweet at him and be yeah. like, "Can we re- the Fox and Fallon podcast request that you make a song?" Yeah,
1: absolutely. Out
0: of- this
1: <laughs> is a legendary Franks story and for beans. the ages. A Franks new, and beans, a New England tale that will be passed on to generations. I'm sure that and Scott beyond. Zolek
0: has plenty to say about it as well. Uh,
1: yeah, he went, and he enjoys himself a hot tub as well. Oh, I'll tell you that
0: much <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right. Aside from all the Gardner Minshew, uh, you know. Memes and all that stuff. I'm sure Gardner Minshew would like would show up Bill Belichick in some you uh, know, in some way with his He would know, have handled that New interaction age, new age Chuck yes. Norris. Uh sixty nine point four two zero completion percentage. That's a very Ron gronkowski number. Yes. Sixty nine well, and four twenty. Gardner Minshew. Um, did you see the segment they did on Sunday Night Countdown with Uncle Rico from um Napoleon Dynamite? I did not. Yeah, so he did a whole segment with Uncle Rico, where Uncle Rico dressed, and he was like, this is how you throw. And he's, like, bouncing back and forth, and then he's like, huh, huh. and then he throws an under, he throws an under, you know. Underhand? Underhand pass. Like, was that, Hideki Matsui? Oh, the sideways, yeah, yeah well, like well, the who Pat Mahomes was, sideways pass? Who was, the, who was the pitcher for the Red Sox that did the submarine? Oh, Sub no, he was through Knuckleballs. He was a submarine-style pitcher. And then they, they needed Tommy John after, like, two years. Yeah, Anyways. whatever. Um. That's all the time we have on the podcast. I'm so glad that we ended on a high note.
1: Well, I mean, I just want to say that I... before beats we being go, a plumber, I need,
0: Tanya. I need to it say, being a plumber. shout out
1: to Gardner Minshew for filling the void that Rob Gronkowski left. The personality oh, yeah. void that he left when he left. Oh yeah, it's like we don't even miss Gronk
0: anymore. I'm so
1: glad to have him in my life. I will continue to stand until... Well, as long as the Jaguars aren't playing the Patriots, Gardner Minshew is my second favorite NFL player. And I'm fine with saying that. The first is Juju smith
0: Win me back, patriots. All right. That's all we got. Bye. Bye. See ya. Adios.